Welcome to another Mother Runner. This is Sarah Bowen Shea. I'm joined today with, by Tish Hamilton. Hello, Sarah. How are you, Tish? I'm doing well. How are you doing? Oh, good. You are fresh off the New York City Marathon. <laughs> yes, and when I say I'm doing good, it's like uh, with air quotes. Um, I'm, I'm feeling a. I'm still feeling it. Uh, three days afterwards, my quads are screaming, and every time I sit down for a while, standing up is something of a challenge. Wow! So to three days, because typically um, by Tuesday night after a Sunday marathon, I'm usually pretty much back to normal. So wow, what do you think? That's, that's- that's really good. I, 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 I'm more of a suffer from delayed onset. Um, uh-huh. Tuesday, Tuesday is usually the worst day for me. Oh, so, yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Tuesday night, Wednesday so, morning, I'll probably be more better by tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> so how'd the race go for you? It was a beautiful day to run 26.2 miles through the five boroughs. It certainly was a beautiful day to watch people running 26.2 miles through the, the five boroughs. <laughs> there was a lot of bright, sunny sun, and, um, and, and this is not a complaint. It's just an observation. Um, it, was, it, was fan- it was a fantastic day for spectators. There were so many people out there. This is the mm. ninth time I've done it, and wow. um, by far the most spectators. And they were – I mean, it, it was – Super awesome um, that they, wow. you know, you know how people sort of press in from the sides and press in from yeah. the sides. So the course got pretty narrow um, oh. in a lot of places um, on First wow. Avenue and in the park. Um, I, I literally ran into spectators because there was nowhere to move. Um, and I like <laughs> oh my, bumped my shoulder. I've got bruises on my shoulders from, from bumping into people. <laughs> oh, um, goodness. Yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah, yeah. And, and you know, it's it fun- was. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was going to say that it was funny because um, so much of the coverage, the media coverage of it said, oh, it was a perfect day for a marathon. And I'm thinking, no, it was sunny. There should have been some cloud cover. That The temperatures, I think, made it seem pretty good. But I, th- I was thinking, mm, cloud cover would have helped the runners. You know, the people who say it's a perfect day are not runners. <laughs> <laughs> it was definitely a perfect day for the spectators. Yeah, uh-huh, it was uh-huh. it was really beautiful. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, so yeah, no and, complaints and, about that. They they had a great time. And how did your race go for you? Um, I was really pleased with my race. Um, thanks for asking. Um, uh-huh. You know, New York is is. Have you run New York, Sarah? I can't remember. I I did in 1999, so it was a while ago. It was my second marathon. Yeah, so it's the race has changed a lot over the years. Um, uh, my the first time I ran it was eighty nine. Wow! And okay. The number of people in it is is you know a lot more. There's fifty thousand people now. Um, I know. Yeah. And again, because of such it being such a perfect year for the spectators, there were a lot more people out on the course, which was was really super awesome. Um, but you know uh-huh. that the New York is is the challenge of New York is um, you know the the logistics of running yeah. such a big race means you have to get out there really early and and uh you know wait around for a while and the mm-hmm. course is crowded and the course is also hilly in the second half so uh-huh. you know even i've never run um negative splits that is the second half faster than the first yeah. uh but if i can get even close that feels like a victory <laughs> <laughs> you know it's funny i i I um did not enjoy New York when I ran it. It just was too crowded for me. And um, 
Uh, but so, and so when I watch it, I'm like, oh, that's awesome for other people, but you know, not, not my race. Um, kind of, I don't know, like looking at, um, a guy that's deemed hot, like a celebrity, like who is the guy in a magic Mike? What was that actor's name? Ch- uh, Channing, Tatum. Oh, Channing Tatum. I can appreciate that he's a nice looking man, but he doesn't do it for me at all. So it's sort of the same way. It's like, oh yeah, New York, it's a great marathon, but it's just not my cup of tea. So, but I have to say that watching it on TV on Sunday, I was like, oh yeah, huh? Maybe I need to give it another shot. And then I'm like, oh, that waiting around, the logistics, like you said, in the, to get out there and to wait and wait and wait. I'm like, yeah, no, not doing that. Yeah, and, the, and it's the same at the end, too. You have, it's a pretty long way from the finish line to getting out of the park and back to you know meet your people and, and get back to your hot shower. I mean, it definitely takes up. I, mean, I left my house at 5.30 in the morning and got back at the, around 5.30 in the afternoon. So Ooh, it was a 12-hour wow. day for a, for a four-hour change marathon. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy, yeah. Yeah, I am. although I do have to say that I felt um, particularly good after New York because I had to walk so far. And, and in 99, there was not nearly the congestion and the security to get out of the the park. And so it was easier to get out then. But then I just was like, okay, I guess I got to walk to a subway station. Like, and I sort of didn't know where a subway station was. So I just kept walking, 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 finally got it. Cause I was trying to get to Grand Central cause I was taking the train back out to see my parents. And so, oh gosh, I probably, I don't know, maybe walked mile and a half, two miles, two and a half before getting on the train out to Connecticut. So I think it kind of, you know, worked some, some kinks out, but it, it is, it is a logistical ordeal, that marathon. Yeah, the walking around afterwards, it, it definitely is good for your legs to keep moving. Mm-hmm. And in fact, one of the, the challenges is, you know, you cross the finish line, especially where I cross the finish line. So I was around 412 and uh-huh. probably between four hours and five, four and a half is like the most crowded time to cross the finish line and yeah, you stop and yeah. you can barely move. And I'm like, Oh my God, I got to keep moving or I'm going to you know, lose my cookies on some poor soul. <laughs> <laughs> not cool. Not cool. Tish. Yeah, exactly. Like, please move. Trust me, you want to move. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Well, congratulations. That's very exciting. So what, what, um, so you said that was your ninth New York and how, what number marathon overall was that for you? It was number 54 and oh I did have to, um, I always, every time I run another one, I have to go look at my book. I have, I have my very high tech system of keeping track is, is an old notebook with, you know, notes <laughs> scribbled in it. <laughs> and I, every time I look at it, I think one of these days I've got to, you know, actually type this up and do a better job of, you know, making oh, sure no. this is actually accurate. <laughs> Oh, no, 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 no. I mean, I can just see your daughter finding it one day, you know, very far in the future, I hope, and and her looking through it and just feeling such a connection to you and really gaining a deeper understanding of you. And, you know, like, it's just kind of a treasure trove that you're... Yeah, yes, except for she'd have to decode it because it's like, it's not in order. And the page is like, I didn't start at the front and go to the back. I started at the back and went sort of into the middle and then to the front. Oh boy! Oh boy! It's, yeah, oh my. yeah. This was also a, uh, a book for other taking other kinds of notes. Anyway, um, uh-huh. anyway, oh yeah. Goodness. So, so it was it was a it was a good day and an honor and a privilege. You know, that's one thing that my friend and I were talking about. I went actually to the race with two of my two closest running friends, fast teacher running, 
past teacher friend oh, yeah. and um, another friend who I've known for, for uh, a really long time, like close to 30 years, I think. And, um, you know, we, we were all saying how, you know, how lucky we are to run in New York, how lucky we are to mm -hmm. be able to run a marathon at all. You know, it, yeah, it's really, yeah. it really truly is an honor and a privilege and such an exciting day all around, yeah. you know, never mind the, you know, crowds and the challenges. It's really a neat thing to be a part of. It is, it is. And just the, to way the, see the city come alive and, and unite behind something, that, you know, people running is always very thrilling. So. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. It's a really good spirited thing. And uh, my daughter and my boyfriend came to, to Brooklyn uh -huh. to mile eight and they went uh -huh. across to first Avenue and then across to central park. And it's, so, it's always oh. so fun as a runner to like, in all those crowds, you, ha you really have to like coordinate exactly like you're going to be on the northwest corner of First right. Avenue and 91st Street, right? <laughs> right. And, and right, I was so looking, 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 and I found her, and I was like, "Yes, <gasps> it's like so cool to see her and have her take oh, picture." Oh, fantastic! So did did you so did you see them each of the three times? You know, I missed them in Brooklyn. We missed each other oh. in Brooklyn. They couldn't find me, and I couldn't find them. Um, uh -huh. it, again, it was, it was, it was not only was, was it really crowded, because the sun was so bright that day, it was yeah. almost impossible to see when the sun was in your face. I mean, it was impossible to see. You couldn't see a thing. It was completely blinding. So you're in the yeah. sun, you're like, oh, my God, I know they're out there somewhere, but I can't see a thing. <laughs> Yeah, but when you yeah, yeah. turn I, into shade, it was like, oh, relief. Okay, now I can see again, get my bearings. It does make such a difference. I ran the Napa Valley Marathon. That was my third marathon. And boy, it was so sunny. That's a south, it's a point to point uh, south facing course. And, and yeah. then when you turn to look to the side, all you see are sunspots. And it's like, yeah. oh, yeah, that's, uh, I'm not really enjoying these vineyards that I'm running by because it's just a blur of spots. I can't even see them. So. <laughs> right, right, yeah. right. Yeah. So, well, congratulations, Tish, and, and uh, have to ask, what's going to be marathon number 55? Well, Sarah, you are actually kind of um, part of the instigator for marathon number oh. 55. Yep, and you'll never uh -huh. guess this, so I'll just go ahead and tell you, we're going to go to Paris uh, in oh. April. Oh, yeah. la la, how, yeah. très bien, oh, <laughs> mon dieu. <laughs> Why don't you come with us? <laughs> that would be lovely. Oh my goodness, that's so exciting. So you mean uh, you and your boyfriend or your daughter's going as well? I mean, who, who's, yes, who's the we? Yes. So me uh, and, and Rick, my boyfriend and my daughter are going to go. Um, and my, oh. my running buddies, my running fast t-shirt friends already done it. And, and my friend Jody is going to do Berlin instead. So um so oh just be the three of us, but we're already, you know, thick in training, <laughs> thick in training, thick in finding hotels and, and uh -huh. places to stay and things to do. We're very, very, very excited, all of us. You have to do Airbnb. My, um, I actually haven't mentioned this, but my family and I are going on our first ever really big, big trip. And we're going to Europe uh, for the last two weeks of the year. We're leaving December 16th and we're going to Amsterdam, Paris and Athens and so we got an Airbnb in Paris and in Athens. And I'm just so excited to have like the flexibility of beds and two bathrooms and laundry facilities. And it's in an arrondissement that I really enjoy being in. So I encourage you to look at Airbnb. Uh, which arrondissement are you in? We are in, um, my goodness, <laughs> now you put me on the spot. It's on the left bank. It's... Um, 
uh, near Saint-Germain-des-Prés. I want to say maybe the seventh arrondissement. But, okay, um, cool. Yeah. That sounds yeah. like a so, really there, super awesome trip. Yes, um, we're very excited, and um, it's a really, really big deal for us. And um, I think you'll get a little better weather in April, but um, but, but my legs will feel better while I'm there. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> trade-offs, trade-offs. Well, that's very exciting. That will be thrilling, and I look forward to hearing about that. Um, so, well, in the in the short term, we have exciting things starting tomorrow. The Twins musical um, opens tomorrow night, and there's uh, they have all day pullout today. They um, instead of going to classes uh, the entire day, they are in rehearsal, and they had rehearsal until six thirty the past two nights. And um, oh my goodness, they are quite excited. John did this whole um, kind of flowchart spreadsheet of when he is mic'd, when he has, you know, like a um, cordless, you know, mounted on his, on his head, you know, kind of like Britney Spears type microphone. And so Mm -hmm. when, when he has one, and I forget, I think he's mic'd in six songs or something like that. So he's very excited. Um, And it is a play, it is a full length play. And usually kids in middle school, you know, do a junior version, a shorter kind of hour, hour 15, maybe play. This is a full length play called John Hughes High. And it's kind of, picks up some themes from John Hughes movies, you know, Pretty in Pink, Breakfast Club, that whole thing. And so, yeah, so Daphne has one of the lead roles and John has a pretty big role and he feels he's typecast because he plays the head of the dancer's clique. Um, um, So I'm just really, really excited to see it all. And I'm sure I'm going to see it like three or four times. So anyone in Portland, go see John Hughes High at Da Vinci Middle School. So just had to put that. Well, that on. sounds really so. cool, Sarah. So um, it, it's your own kind of marathon doing this. It is. It is particularly because you know I have to see it more than once, and yep. so if it's if it's good, I'm going to see it you know two, three, maybe four times. I'm going to admit that if it's not all that good, I'll, I think I'll be able to do it twice because they have six <laughs> shows total. Yeah, that's <laughs> and, um, a lot of hours. That's definitely an endurance is. event. <laughs> It is, and if you could feel how hard the the um, auditorium chairs are, you would really know how difficult yeah. it is. But <laughs> but um, I think I mean there's a lot of kids in it. It's um, kind of '80s music, so it's right in up my alley. And um, you know I don't know. It, all I have to say, it's going to be better than Once Upon a Mattress. I mean, that was just yeah. dreadful and so not of the Me Too era. So um, so I'm I'm excited. Right. <laughs> I'm excited. And the kids are in a lot of the numbers, so I'll have, you know, I'll feel kind of personally invested in a lot of it. So That sounds awesome. Yes, 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 yes. So well, let's get to our guest, who is Kelly Huron, a Seattle resident who has fought off an attacker during a run, not once, but twice. From her experience, she started a platform named after the phrase she said when she encountered her first perpetrator. If this topic is particularly difficult for you, we understand if you stop listening now. Otherwise, stay with us while we take a brief break, then we'll start chatting with Kelly. Thank you for joining us, Kelly. Thanks so much for having me. So, Kelly, um, tell us about how you became a runner. (laughs) Um, Let's see. I started running in um, December of 2015, and um, I had quit drinking about three months prior to that. Mm-hmm. And so um, I found myself with a lot of spare time on my hands and wasn't quite sure how to fill it. Uh, my weekends were no longer spent um, going out and recovering from that. So 
I decided that I would, the first thing I decided to, to run a marathon oh, as okay. a non-runner. <laughs> sure. Um, <laughs> so my mom, um, my mom was completely on board, uh, very supportive. And she sent me this book called, called um, The Non-Runner's Guide to Running a Marathon, I think it was called. And um, it was a 16-week couch to marathon program. And lo and behold, I got injured uh, about 10 weeks in uh-huh. from overrunning. <laughs> um, but that was okay. I, I shifted my goals. Um, I decided that I would run, um, that my New Year's resolution for 2016 would be to run one race a month mm. um, for the year. And um, I completed that goal. I ended up doing about four, uh, I did four half marathons. I did Ragnar. Um, so it was a really great year of finding my finding my feet and really starting to feel um, like I was becoming a runner, especially after that relay race. I mean, geez, yeah. that's like... <laughs> You've made it did you, to runner did, status. <laughs> did you do Northwest Passage or which Ragnar did you do? I did. Yeah. I did. And we were um, we were a runner short, so I ended up picking up an extra leg. So I really did like a marathon wow. and a, basically um, paid for it for sure. <laughs> um, so the next uh, for 2017, um, that uh, the Christmas before I decided, all right, this is 2017 is going to be my year of running the marathon and, um, started training on Christmas day mm. and, um, you know, cause I had the new gear mm-hmm. and, uh, that, that led to, that led to kind of the last year and a half of, of my running. Uh-huh. Okay. All right. Kelly, you mentioned your, your mother. Um, is she, she's a runner also? She is. She always has been kind of, um, a recreational runner and then um, like all when I was little and growing up and everything. And then she picked it back up. Um, when I started running, she picked it back up as well. So um, she started entering more races and we ran a ton of races together. Um, we trained for uh, the Chicago marathon together. Um, and it's been, I, <laughs> I don't know how I would have made it through any of that. Um, without her, she is my she's my favorite. She is my favorite oh, nice. <laughs> person to run. That's, that's super cool. So. Do you guys actually run together? Um, so it depends on the race. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's really funny. I was looking up our results on Athlinks because you know it shows you like who you've competed against, and it, it was funny to see how many times she has let me cross the finish line first. Oh. Um, like just a, a little bit first, but, um, but there's other races where we'll run independently, whether we're going for, um, maybe a PR or, um, it just depends a, a lot. Most of them we run together, but sometimes we have individual goals. So we'll run separately. And right now I'm training for a marathon, um, for the Honolulu marathon in December. And I have very specific paces that I'm running. So, um, for those half marathons, I'm, I'm running at a prescribed pace. So it depends if she wants to run with me or or not a little bit of both. Yeah. So, so how is your, how is your training for Honolulu going? Oh my gosh. It's amazing. I can't (laughs) believe I would ever, you know, I said I was after Chicago, I said I would never run another marathon again. I meant it. I, I meant it. (laughs) <laughs> oh, I know. And everyone who said that to me, I was like, no, 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 you don't understand. I'm absolutely never doing that to my body again. Like when I would think about the day I ran it, I would start to cry because I could remember how much it hurt. Mm. Um, but the fact of the matter was, you know, with everything that happened um, in 2017, my training ended up being like 10 months with all the injuries and setbacks. And 
and then the mental, you know, the mental issues that with the trauma and everything. So it just became very difficult. Um, this time around, it's like, I'm running this for my own reasons for, 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 um, just for myself, I'm using the Hanson's marathon method, oh. which I absolutely love. Um, I, uh, I have a boyfriend who, who introduced me to this um, book and, um, he's been incredibly supportive and he's actually going to run Honolulu with me. And, he, and um, he's so a fastie, right? He is. Yeah. He is. Yeah. He's a, he, yes. He just, uh, he just qualified for Boston for the second time within six months. So, um, <laughs> and he was using Hanson's and I, and so I was, I was like, I'll give it a try. And I just cannot believe how great I feel. I, I knock on wood. There's only four weeks left, but, um, it really is just such a major difference when, when your head's in the right space and, um, and you're, and you're, just doing the training properly. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know how I made it through. I'm not looking back. I'm like, no wonder that Chicago was such a difficult um, experience. Looking back at my training, I'm just like, what was I doing? I don't know what I was doing. <laughs> oh my God. Lots of options. Yeah. There's lots of ways to, to you know, yeah. to cross that finish line. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, let's, um, so your first attack happened when you were training for your first marathon. So, so talk us through that incident, please. Sure. So that was, um, early 2017. So I was 10 weeks into, uh, training, which ironically is how far I was into training the last, the first time I tried to train for a marathon yeah, yeah. and I was in the same, same park, same location. Everything about it was the like same Sunday. It was all the same. It wow. was so weird. Hmm. Um, <laughs> Ironically, so was the next attack. It was 10 weeks in on a Sunday. Um, so anyway, uh, March of 2017, I was uh, running through Golden Gardens, which is a public park in Seattle. It was one o'clock in the afternoon. Um, it was a really cold, windy, windy, rainy, Pacific Northwesty, you know, adverse conditions day. Mm -hmm. um, and I was about four and a half miles in. Uh, stopped to use the restroom. As you know, it's like when you have the opportunity, take it. Um, and I didn't stop my watch cause I was just going to be, you know, quick. Uh -huh. And also the first time that, um, I got injured, I stopped my watch. And so I was like, I'm, I'm not getting injured. I'm just, I was trying to do something different uh -huh. to, <laughs> I don't know, you know how it is. Um, what your mind yeah. thinks yeah. it's just crazy sometimes, but, um, went in and had my headphones on, had my hat still on, had my ear warmers on. And there was really no one at the beach. I, um, there was maybe like eight people kind of scattered, but it was not the day to be at the beach at all. Uh -huh. um, didn't see any, you know, couldn't see that anyone was in the bathroom. Uh, but unbeknownst to me, there was a, uh, a, a transient sex offender mm. um, hiding inside the large stall at the end. Um, and I just couldn't see, you know, I couldn't see him, um, his feet or anything. So uh -huh. um, came out, washed my hands, and got this just feeling like this chill at my spine. Um, and I was using the hand dryer and I turn around and this man is standing in front of me. And my first instinct was, I almost said like, Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> like I was not, ex I was shocked that there was someone else in the bathroom. And then my brain kind of started to go through like, Oh no, <laughs> this is not a woman. Uh -huh, uh, yeah. This is a man. This is a, a crazy um, man. And then the smell, mm -hmm. uh, the smell hit me like just pungent. Um, oh, and then 
I knew I was in, I knew I was in danger and, um, he lunged at me and, uh, threw me to the ground. And, um, just the first, uh, I, I had, I had just taken a self-defense class three weeks prior to this. So, um, because this was my biggest nightmare. Ooh. I, I was so afraid of this happening. Um, so I just started uh, the first thing out of my mouth. I just screamed, you know, well, you know, yeah. but I, I said, you know, not today, mother. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh-huh. Yep. Yeah. My friend. Um, and, uh, and in self-defense, we learned like, if you can pretend, if you can show that you're not afraid, mm. um, that can often be enough to defer, def- deter your attacker. If they think you're just going to be too much more trouble than you're worth basically. Mm-hmm. So, um, I started just screaming, you know, that I was going to kill him and, oh. um, and just fighting and uh, throwing my elbows back. And that wasn't really working. And um, finally we kind of got uh, where I could see his face and I just started clawing his eyeballs. And uh, I remembered in self-defense to hit with an open hand. Um, You don't have to like throw the perfect punch. Mm -hmm. And so as soon as I got one of my arms free, I just started pounding him in the, in the head and in the face, like with my forearm. Um, And uh, he just kept coming after me and I was, I was getting so tired and I was so surprised. I was like, man, this guy is just like relentless. Like I, I just didn't think it would continue. I thought he would, I don't know. I just, I thought, <laughs> aren't you tired too? Yeah, you know? yeah. You were putting up such a, you were putting up such a <laughs> fight. You couldn't believe that it wasn't, yeah. wasn't. Yeah. And, and I was just so terrified. Um, I was, you know, uh, I was terrified of being raped and um, what my life was, was going to be like. And um, so many thoughts ran through my mind. Um, and I, I finally was able to kind of, when I was able to get on my back, I kicked my, my, my foot up. Um, Cause I thought, cause I kind of scampered from one stall to the next stall. And I thought, well, if I can just lock this door, then I can just lock myself in this little stall and he can't get in. Um, so I kicked the lock but I had so much adrenaline that I jammed the door completely into the frame. So the oh. door wouldn't open or close. And then he got in the same way I did, which was underneath the little oh my goodness. You know, stall wall. Yeah. Um, really. So I don't know how I fit underneath there. Um, I couldn't believe my body. I was like, whose body is this? Like it was very out of body. I'm normally not that agile <laughs> or strong, but adrenaline is a beautiful thing in the will to live. Um, and he got he got in and he got on top of me and um, I took repeated blows to the head, and then I um, I was able to get my arms up over my head into the opposite side of that stall door and basically pull my body out from underneath his. Wow. And I thought, uh, thought I was going to lose consciousness, um, but I managed to jump up like onto my feet, like basically do a burpee, uh-huh. um, and uh, I just heard this voice in my head, like same voice you hear just as you're like, you know, nearing the end of a a half marathon when it's just, you're so tired and you're so spent, but you hear that voice in your head, like, we are almost there. Do not give up. Just go, 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 you know, let's get out of this. And, um, and I was able to, uh, just get one more surge of adrenaline and and I got out the door. Um, so, uh, and, and, um, he never, he was, he never got out of that stall. Um, but I did get a, um, one of those keychain carabiners from um, someone who was passing by who asked if I was okay. And we locked the outside of that park bathroom door with the little clippy. Yeah. And um, 
and some people were out there who I asked to call the police and um, and then he was he was arrested. I thought it was also such quick thinking that you all thought to lock him into the bathroom with that. I mean, that was that was MacGyver was, that was MacGyver esque of you to think of that. Yeah, I, as I was running, so there there were three people outside who hadn't. There were three people outside the bathroom while all this was happening. Wow. Um, but when I went back to watch the door, this woman says, well, "Don't go back in there." So I was like, <laughs> Gee, "Thanks for the thanks for the obvious uh, good advice, there, lady. Thank yeah. you." <laughs> Wow. I was like, what do you think I'm going to do? Go finish him? You know, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, well, I was in a, I was a bit, uh, I was in a mood, but, um, but yeah, it, it's amazing. Like I did feel, um, I did feel really sharp that it, throughout all of that, it must've been the adrenaline and the survival instinct, but I really did have feel like time just moved so slowly that I had time to think about like, where, where are the locks? Where are the doors? How do I escape? I mean, wow. everything, um, just instinctually came together. I don't, I don't know how soon after this happened that you posted a story on Instagram and, and got a tremendous amount of support back from that. Yeah, that was, that was really unexpected. Um, be, I, I always, so throughout that 10 weeks of training, that's what I would do. I would take my phone and I would take pictures and I'd post them on Instagram, like, partially because it's like, look at me, I'm out here like running in the ice and look, Green Lake is frozen, you know, and it's, <laughs> but I'm here and it's raining and I can't see. Um, and I, so I thought it was really cool, like just to show the adversity that you face when you're um, training. Uh-huh. And, and that's why I had pictures of like the bathroom from far away that day. And, um, and yeah, I just, I posted it. Um, and I also posted it because I was, this was my biggest nightmare. And I took that self-defense class and in taking that class, I learned two or three things that I, I feel helped me to survive and to escape and to live. Um, and I thought that was important to share, um, to encourage other people to take their lives into their own hands and make time, um, which is so difficult. You know, I mean, I had been meaning to take a class for probably six months and it just, I just, couldn't, I just didn't prioritize it. You know, it's just so much going on. And, um, my employer, um, I work for a website called real self and they brought in a self-defense class, um, as just like an employee benefit, so that we would feel safe as we're walking to our car at night. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, and so I, 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 at the last absolute minute, um, I, I decided to, to take the class and I'm so grateful that I did. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Wow. So, so from that Instagram post, um, your online platform was born, and we know it's what you yelled at your Seattle attacker, and we're going to use the PG version of it on this podcast, um, Not Today, Mother Effer. Um, so tell us the aim of your platform and what messages you hope to get across to runners. Um, yeah, so it's funny how it started. Um, after I posted that and it went viral, I was getting like thousands of messages from people saying you need to make a t-shirt that says not today mf and i didn't have the i was like i don't have time to make a i don't i'm not in a space to make a t-shirt sure. right now yeah yeah you know mm-hmm. um so i asked my employer um cuz they always make cool t-shirts for us at work company t-shirts and i was like can you guys just make a t-shirt please like i don't know i can't handle the stress of people telling me to make a t-shirt um and they did and we um and the proceeds went to a great organization called Face Forward LA, which provides pro bono surgical care to trauma um, survivors. But um, so it kind of started with the t-shirt and then, um, and then 
you know, I just, I wanted to promote messages of um, empowerment and personal safety and uh, running tips and a place where people could get a t-shirt. And, um, and it just kind of was born from there. So um, I have my, my website, nottodaymf.com. And um, really, you know, I just kind of use my, my Instagram and, and Twitter just to promote those messages and to be supportive. And, um, uh, and it's been fun. I mean, you know, since then, I really feel like my running has gotten I, I felt like I had to become a runner after that, even though I didn't totally feel like feel like one at the time. The running community just fully embraced me. It was so supportive, and um, and I just uh, it 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 made me it kind of forced me to be to become a runner, and um and I'm so happy I did. It's the greatest gift that I can ever imagine. Oh, that's wonderful. So as if that Seattle attack wasn't bad enough, then you were accosted during a race that was just across the river from here in Portland, a half marathon in Vancouver, Washington, just last month. And that's what um, caught our interest. Um, What happened uh, in a nutshell in that incident? Sure. Um, I was 10 weeks into my training and it was a Sunday, which that's when I had been injured the last two times that I was training for a marathon. So I thought, I'm going to run a race that day. What could possibly happen to me during a race? Oh my gosh. And I was... Oh, I was having the best race. I was using it as a training run. My paces were perfect. Every single mile was clocked to the second where I wanted it. And um, I was heading into a fast finish, um, just hit mile 12 and and kicked it into gear. I, I felt so amazing. I was having the best day. Um, came up this hill and around a corner and there was this guy like just lurking by the side of the course. And a lot of people are like, how could this happen at a race? Well, this is this is not the New York marathon. This is the Pacific Northwest 12 miles in, in a small town. There was no one for probably 30 seconds ahead of me or behind me. Yeah. And it's a women's race. So it could have been that yes. he was like, Oh, you know, it's, it's like a buffet in his mind. Totally. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. And that's, that really nails it because he looked at me, he looked at me almost like he knew me, got like this creepy smile on his face. Mm-hmm. And I never really know if I know someone or not, you know, like, so I just kind of looked at him and, um, and I just kept running and he ran at me like with his arms in like a low hug position and just like came right up to me and just full on grabbed my rear end, like fully. Wow. And, um, and then he was so satisfied. He got just this huge grin on his face like he was so happy with himself and I was so irritated because I was running such a great race and I was less than a mile from the finish and um and I and I was worried that like he would do this to someone else and and I was angry um so I just spun on my on my heel and just started chasing him and I just started yelling assault 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 because I wanted someone to hear so they could take care of it basically you know so because I wasn't going to catch him I I was I was 12 miles in I (laughs) I didn't have another gear to shift down into I was already in it for a couple miles so um a spectator and um and there were two spectators about maybe a tenth of a mile down and they said what the guy said what happened and I said you know he grabbed my he grabbed my rear end Uh and um and the guy kind of tackled him and I knew there was nothing more I could do Uh um so and 
this it was on a hill and I didn't want to run down the hill and run back up the hill because I just <laughs> ran up it and and I was so tired and I was just like I don't know what I can do at this point it looks like it's taken care of and I had all the adrenaline so I just finished I just turned around and I finished the race and then um, they had uh, fire the fire department was giving out the medals at the end with these beautiful necklaces and so I told one of the firefighters I told um, someone with the race yeah. and then um, I sat under a tree and cried for a while yeah. <laughs> and then um, and then uh the, the police came back and they found me and I I was I gave my report and the guy um went to jail so oh, wow wow, wow. <sighs> yeah okay so I think on the you know the when you're training for marathon number three and it's week 10 on a oh. Sunday I think you're just gonna like stay in bed with your boyfriend Seriously. and you know just uh I'm gonna have him like wear sunglasses and an earpiece and all black and follow me like secret service. Yeah, or do your run, do your long run on Saturday and just chill. Go to a spa on Sunday or something. Seriously. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So, um, so Kelly, uh, you you have a concept in your platform that's called um, "We Do Not Have to Let It Go," and and can you yeah. tell us a little bit about uh, what that concept means? You know, I just feel like everything with the Me Too movement and, you know, my own personal stories around that and just looking back at my life and all the little things that you let go, you know, guys being creeps, um, sneaking in little touches here and there, you know, that you don't say anything. And, um, and when that happened during the race, there was that split second that I was like, oh, like, should I just let it go? Cause I'm, you know, I wanted to just finish the race and I was like, what a creep, what a jerk, you know, mm-hmm. but it was like, if I let it go, these are the types of crimes that escalate guys, see what they can get away with. And then they become more aggressive. You know, it's not like, um, people who steal cars just go out and steal cars. You know, they start by stealing candy or whatever it is and it, and it escalates. And then, and, um, and I didn't want it to happen to someone else and I didn't want it to, you know, I didn't want him to keep getting away with it until he became a complete monster, like the guy who attacked me in Seattle. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had to make that decision, you know, do I let it go or do I pursue? And and I pursued it. And I'm, I'm really grateful that I did because the thought of having to run by him again or have, or, you know, someone, him grabbing someone behind me, yeah. um, I just, that's just not the right thing to do. So I'm just done letting it go. I'm, I'm mad and <laughs> I'm, I'm prosecuting and I'm chasing them down and I'm putting them in jail and I'm just not standing for it at all from anyone anymore. Right on, right on, right on. So, so we know you've tested a lot of self-defense slash personal safety devices. Mm -hmm. Tell us about a few of them that you think um, are particularly effective. So the one that I've really gravitated and I I have tried a lot. um, The one that I've gravitated to the most um, is a ring it's an it's a ring with a knife inside of it, um, and it's called Go Guarded. And the reason I really like it is, I've tried running with like a taser or pepper spray, and I feel like someone's about to jump out at me the entire time. I'm like armed, and I it's not enjoyable. Like I can't just relax and enjoy my run. The thing I like about the that little knife ring is, um, one you know if you're like what helped me was gouging eyes. And if you can gouge someone's eye with a knife, of course it would be disgusting, but um, very effective. And it can't really be taken from you or used Mm -hmm. against you. And I really like that about it. Um, 
And I think a lot of people have a, self, a false sense of security when they're running with something like um, pepper spray or a taser because you have to actually get it. So if you're running with pepper spray in your hand with your thumb on the nozzle, like that's the safest way. Um, otherwise, you're not going to get it out of your fanny pack or, you know, you just have to really think about what you're carrying and are you comfortable using it? Can you access it with either hand? If someone were to sneak attack you from behind, would you have it ready? Um, so you just have to ask yourself all these questions. And if you're running with a knife, like are you prepared to stab someone in the neck with it? I mean, you have to, there are gruesome thoughts, but you have to think about, are you prepared for that? Um, it's very scary to be in a fight. You're going to have flashbacks and if, if you're going to use a, a weapon that's going to cause a lot of damage, you need to think about if that's something that you mentally want to live with. Um, for me, I really like the Go Guarded uh, ring. I also, something that's not really self-defense, but um, a different piece of gear I really like for safety is um, open ear headphones. Yep. So I run with aftershocks yep. and their bone conduction so you can hear all around you and hear your music. Um, in absence of those, I recommend, you know, maybe just one earbud or keep your oh, volume no, no, low. No. We, we love our aftershocks. So we, we yeah. recommend everybody get the aftershocks. So yeah. it is it is amazing. I mean, how much you can hear. And, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, so you obviously, you know, as you mentioned in your Seattle attack that you had your earbuds in, you had, yeah. you know, your, your ear, you know, warmers yeah. over those. And so I, I assume you probably were not able to hear very much of your surroundings. I so. really wasn't. I just, it was like, I, would, I didn't expect it too, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I love the aftershocks um, for that reason. It's like, have, I think of it as having four ears because I can like hear <laughs> my music with two ears and like my environment with two ears. <laughs> that is a good way of putting it. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, so, um, so in addition to devices, I mean, what are some um, personal safety advice that you, that you give on your website or mm -hmm. that you've picked up since your attacks or, or maybe from the personal safety class? Mm -hmm. um, I mean, 90% of self-defense is awareness. So um just keeping your head on a swivel, look, look around at your surround, you know, take note of things. That's how I knew there were spectators that I had just run by. Hmm. Um, you know, sometimes we can get so lost in our running that something catastrophic could happen and we probably wouldn't even notice. Um, so just kind of keeping head, heads up. When you see someone who's creepy, as uncomfortable as it is, look them in the eye. Um, that can often deter an attacker because now you can identify them. Mm -hmm. And when you're looking them in the eye, take any take note of anything that you can, whether it's what they're wearing or um, just maybe how you would describe them. Or if you can, I always try to think of like, what actor can I compare that to? Or like, what movie character does that person look like? Yeah. Um, or who do I know who looks like that? Just small things. Because if something happens to you or someone else and that person gets away, that's the only way police are going to have to identify them is, is on what you remember. So, sure. um, and then also like, just, you know, even if someone, there's, there's so many manipulative people in the world. And even if someone seems like they're having the best of intentions, like, let me hold your, um, let me help you with your grocery, load your groceries into your car or here, I'll help you carry, you know, your bags up the stairs of your apartment building or whatever. Um, 
you just can't, you know, you just can't be too careful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we had a, on our show, uh, we have a spinoff of this podcast. It's another Mother Runner Answers. And one woman was saying that a guy came up and told her that some guy was looking at her in kind of a creepy manner. And, and um, my first thought was, well, I'd be worried about that first guy. Like, I don't know, that to me seemed like a, a creepy thing to do. So, um, yeah, yeah. So, Well, I do tell guys, you know, guys ask me a lot when, I'm, when I give talks or, or whatever, you know, what can they do to help women feel more safe? Mm. And actually one of the things that I tell them is to be on the lookout for other creeps um, who might be looking at, you know, who might be following someone or looking at them in that way mm-hmm. um, and to run interference. So mm-hmm. I think hopefully that, that came from a good place with it, with in that particular yeah. instance. But um, I, I do think we all just really need to look out for each other. Um, and that's one of the reasons I chased that guy down too. It's like, this isn't just about me. This is about the runners behind me too. Yeah. 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 So, and uh, final question, has your mother taken a, a self-defense course then? She has, she's, nice. she, but no one's going to mess with her. (laughs) (laughs) She's she's a badass mother runner. She absolutely is. Yes. The apple did not fall far from the tree. (laughs) Nice. Nice. Well, have a great time in Honolulu, Kelly. We'll be thinking of you. All right. Thanks. Thanks so much. (laughs) Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Uh, Tish, so lots lots of things to to think about. Um, So, um, yeah, a lot to unpack with that one. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So I think, uh, I think Dimity has um, a little something lighter going on over in the train, like a mother club. Let's hear from her. Hey, hey, everybody, it's Dimity here with your Train Like a Mother Club Corner. I am going to do a little promotion here on this corner of Stride and Holiday. That's right. It's Stride into the Holidays time. And in my, you know, humble opinion, it is the best five weeks of the Mother Runner year. Because Stride into the Holidays is a five-week program that starts on Monday, November 12th, and it runs through December 16th. So it gets you through... Most of the holidays are right up to the door of Christmas, if that's what you celebrate. Um, And really fun workouts, really fun contests. And the best part is that all the profits from your registration fees are going to be donated to three nonprofits that uh, emphasize forward movement. One is called Girls Thrive, and that is out of Helena, Montana, and it's a great program that gets um, girls in the outdoors and active otherwise. Um, One is called Mile in My Shoes, and that's out of Minneapolis, and that works with people who are homeless or in temporary domestic shelters and um, introduces them to running and gets them going that way. And then the final one is Reason to Run, and that is um, out of... uh, near Portland, Oregon, um, and it is a program that um, takes running into women's prisons. We've had them actually on the AMR podcast before. So three really worthy causes and five weeks of community and laughs and fun workouts and crazy pants. So if you want to join us, uh, please head to trainlikeamother.club and register for Stride into the holidays. We will um, start on Monday, November 12th, but we will accept registrations through the middle um, to end of the week. Okay, have a great week, no matter if you're striding or you're sauntering or you're walking or running or whatever you're doing. Talk to y'all soon. Bye. All right, and I talked about this last week, but it, it, it bears repeating. Our holiday gift pack is in the Mother Runner store. It's a limited edition long sleeve tech tee uh, that says run another Mother Runner on it. 
Uh, also included in is a traditional plan from the Train Like a Mother Club, a signed copy of Tales from Another Mother Runner, our third book, and a mystery gift. And depending on the training plan you choose, this $85 gift pack is valued between $115 and $145. So basically, you're paying the same as you would for a training plan and getting the tea, the book, and this cute mystery gift is freebies. So, I mean, it's a layup. You got to head on over to the Mother Runner store and grab yourself or someone else that you love a holiday gift pack. And um, be sure to buy soon because two lucky ladies of the first 100 gift packs sold will receive a golden ticket in their package. It's very cute. We had someone design this golden ticket. And that is good for uh, free race entry to a U.S. or Canadian race with just very few stipulations. But um, that's up to $150 value. So like I said, um, two lucky recipients of the first 100 gift packs sold will have a golden ticket in their package. So head on over to the Mother Runner store. Our podcast today was produced in Portland, Oregon by Alex Ward from Sounds Like Pictures. Many happy, safe miles. Mm-hmm.